You're listening to the First Baptist Rockdale Sunday Sermons Podcast. First Baptist Rockdale is a church dedicated to making disciples who make disciples. We hope you enjoy this week's message. I was preaching through the book of Malachi. We have completed the book of Malachi, and someone asked me, they said, well, what are, what are you doing next? Uh, if, you, if you know me as a preacher, you know that I'm pretty easy to follow where I'm going, um, until I get to the end of something. So if I was to start uh, in the book of Psalms, you might think, man, he's going to preach for 150 weeks on the book of Psalms to get all the way through it. That'd be three wonderful years, by the way. You'd be blessed by it. Um, but, but, you know, uh, typically I'll jump into a book that's less than 150 uh, chapters, and, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll take a chunk, either all of it or, or whatever. And as long as it takes, we'll go through it. It might take a, a month. It might take six months. It might take... Uh, 11 months, depending on the book that we're walking through. But I like to give you a breather between chunks. And so we just took about an eight-week chunk in the book of Malachi. Uh, we're going to take a one-week breather, and we're going to jump into the book of Psalms today. We're in Psalm 29. Psalm 29 today, if you have your Bible. Psalms is uh, the way I was taught to find the book of Psalms uh, back in my Bible drill days, was just crack the Bible open, and you will accidentally hit it. Um, right? It's a big book somewhere in the middle of your Bible. Um, and so Psalm 29 is a psalm written by King David, um, and that's all we know about the attribution of it. But as I was reading this week on some commentaries about Psalm 29, one of the things that I, I enjoyed was I was reading um, Spurgeon. Spurgeon has uh, a huge commentary on every single one of the psalms. It's called A Treasury of David. You can go back and, and look through that, but he goes kind of verse by verse through the commentary, but his introduction the Psalm 29 says, you know, some psalms are meant to be read in specific situations in your life. Specific times when that psalm will be more meaningful to you or you'll be able to appreciate uh, the fullness of that psalm, right? And so, um, but this psalm, Psalm 29, is best read on a day very unlike today. Uh, today is a beautiful day, right? We're gonna, you're going to go outside after the service. You're going to wonder, why did I come inside for an hour when it's so beautiful outside today? I mean, it is, it's going to be gorgeous out there today. God has been blessing us uh, the last couple of days with just pristine weather after the, you know, the fire of hell that we just walked through in the summer. Um, to come out and have something approaching fall is a beautiful grace of God um, but Psalm 29 is a song to be read in the midst of a storm. When it is loud outside and torrents of rain are coming and thunder is peeling and it is just a, a raucous noise outside. That is the, the background for Psalm 29. As we read Psalm 29, you can picture the worst storm that you've been in and you'll, get, you'll gain a greater appreciation for who God is as you read Psalm 29. But today, on this beautiful sunny day, we will dive into Psalm 29. I prayed for rain, by the way, today. I'm not going to lie to you. right? I prayed for rain just to give you a little taste of this. But I'm doing a funeral later, and I'd like it to be sunny out there for that. So, so we'll take the dry, beautiful 80-degree weather um, instead of the rain and the, and the torrent today. But here we go, Psalm 29. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to read the entirety of the psalm. It's only 11 verses long, and then we'll go back and I'll, I'll chunk it up, okay? But I want you to hear the whole thing at once, and then we'll chunk it together. It says, Psalm 29, a psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name 
Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. Uh, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Psalm 29. What I love about Psalm 29 is it begins to draw a picture of the power and majesty and might of God. One of the things that I am always aware of that, that is constantly brought to my mind when I think about who God is is how bad I am at picturing who God is. Right? I like uh, to, 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 to box God in to something that is understandably uh, for me, right? And so, so I box him into a, a, a box, and, and I make the box bigger than me, but still something that I can conceive of, right? And so, so like I, you know, I have limited strength, and I have limited knowledge, and I have limited these things, and so I'm okay with God having those attributes that I have, strength and knowledge and, uh, and, and presence, but, but I struggle whenever I stretch God to the limits of who he is. But for us to fully appreciate what God, how God loves us, that that God loves us, that God would send his son to die for us, sometimes it helps us to understand who God is. That base level understanding of the power of God that is absolutely limitless. Right? Sometimes we feel like there's, a, there's, there's an impotence inside of Christianity. I, I hate that about us as believers, right? We, we, we have a woe is me attitude toward the world around us, right? The world is, is harsh and cruel and difficult, and we sit back and we're like, woe is us poor little Christians persecuted by the world. You know, we, we talk about the powers that are against us, whether we, we, we blame the entertainment industry. Right now, it, it's du jour to blame athletes as, as the great power that, uh, that's attacking uh, the, the church and the country, depending on how you marry those things together, which is, by the way, side note, dangerous to do, right, to marry our country to, this, to, to, to the church, right? That's a dangerous and uh, unwise thing to do because you will be let down by the United States of America, but God will not let you down. I just want you to know right now, right, there, there's something bigger going on uh, than, than the election of a president in two months. There's something bigger going on in the grand scheme of eternity. And maybe if we'd put, fix our eyes on that, we'd be better off. I read a, a tweet, which is always the best uh, bits of wisdom, 140 characters, right? The best wisdom comes in small bites. Uh, but it was a pastor, and he said, look, if you, uh, if you care more about who your neighbor is voting for than the destination of their soul, you are not doing the Jesus thing right. He's, he's right. Right? If the, the, the guy next to you who has the Trump sign, the guy on the other side that has the Biden sign in their yard, if you're more concerned about which one of those guys is voting in which way that you don't approve of than you are about the condition of their soul, you have lost perspective about what's going on. 
Because empires come and empires go, countries rise and countries fall, dictators are established and gone, presidents are elected and, and, and dis, disbanded. But at the end of the time, God stands over all of those things. His might, his power, his presence, his sustaining will is through all of those things. Don't lose sight of the little things that the world wants us to focus on. But Christians can be so weak. Woe is us. We're just victims, victims of this larger society that's attacking us and against us and opposed to us, and we can't do anything about that. We, we say stupid things like, well, I guess all I can do is pray. How, how, like, how, how insane is that? All I can do is pray. All, all I can do is ask the, the, the same God that was described in Psalm 29 with his infinite amount of power and might and majesty. All I can do is go and treat upon him to act in a world full of little petty ants doing petty ant things. Yeah, I, I think that's more than a, whoa, oh, I guess that's all I can do. You're, you're entreating upon the ultimate force of all uh, of the universe. It's not, it's not a throwaway line. It's not, well, I guess I can pray now. Since I try to do everything by your might stinks. You don't have it. You don't have power in yourself. But God's power is so much greater. Today we're going to talk a lot about God's power. But, but I want you to know in verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 29, he starts out by saying, Ascribe to the Lord. Right? Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly being. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. And worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. This idea of ascribing to the Lord means that we acknowledge what God already possesses. When you ascribe something to someone, you aren't giving them that, right? When you say, God, you're powerful, God doesn't all of a sudden receive a steroid injection with a little bit more power. You get to take part in recognizing what God already has, right? And that's a good thing for believers, to ascribe the proper attributes to God his strength and his might, his love and his justice, right? When we ascribe those things to God, when we fully begin to, to, to say, God, you are powerful, God, you are mighty, God isn't better off for that, but you are. Because in that moment, you begin to recognize, whoa, God is powerful and mighty. God is strong and loving. God is compassionate and just. God is always able to meet me where I am and knows and cares about the things of my life, right? God is all of these things. And when we, when we begin to say those things, we begin to ascribe those things to God. God isn't better, but you will be. Your faith in God will be strengthened as you acknowledge who God is. A lot of us have weak faith because we don't know who our God is because our God, as is common parlance, has become too small. Our God is something that we can keep in our pocket, we can bring out when convenient, we can put him back in and we can tuck him away, and he's too small, but he has power and strength. And if you begin to grab a hold of that, you will be better for it. I look at this congregation, I say, these are some people who like some borderline rap spoken word poetry, right? That's what I think when I look at you. I think these people, they're pretty hip to spoken word poetry, right? This is really what they're into. But there's a guy out there, and we're not going to play it, but it's worth you, you, you busting up the YouTube later. Uh, his name is Propaganda. Great name, by the way. Uh, his name is Propaganda. He wrote uh, a spoken word poetry called Lofty. And it deals with the idea that God is greater than, than whatever it is that you're thinking of. Right? And so uh, that's your homework today, right? You go home, fire up the YouTube, uh, look up Lofty. If you're on YouTube right now, don't fire it up, okay? Give me the next, like, 
18 to 20 minutes and then fired up, okay? But, but for those of you who are in the room right now, seriously, that would, that would really distract me. Almost as much as Ruth distracts me, it would distract me to see you all playing a, playing a propaganda song right now. But uh, the idea is that God is lofty, bigger, stronger than what we have. It's good for us to put that in there because when we begin to ascribe those things to God, it changes us. God stays the same. That's one of the characteristics of God is that he doesn't change. He's unchanging, which is a characteristic you can ascribe to him. But as we describe the power and might and majesty to God, all of a sudden our confidence in him increases. Because we know that the God who stands behind us and beside us and before us is able to do all the things that need to be done. Because his power is limitless. And if you wonder about the power of God, David lays out the power of God in the midst of a storm in verses uh, 3 through 10, he lays out a picture of a massive storm, a storm that breaks the cedars, the strongest of trees, a storm uh, that when the thunder flashes, animals give birth out of fear. All right, some of y'all want to try that trick, right? You've been pregnant for like 28 months, you're like, I'm ready to give birth now, right? And just give me that thunderbolt that makes it happen. Give me that lightning that, that makes me give birth in, in a second. But, but God in the storm shows his power, but that is just a glimpse of his power. I lived in Houston, Texas most of my life, uh, and I've ridden out several hurricanes over the course of my time there. Um, and, I, and I've stood outside as hurricanes came through. I was in Livingston, Texas, which is about 100 miles inshore. When Hurricane Rita came through, there was 100 mile power gust across Lake Livingston to damage the dam. Had to drain the lake for several years as they repaired the dam. Uh, on Lake Livingston. I was standing outside when that storm was blowing through. And let me tell you something, the power in those 100 mile per hour gusts is not to be trifled with. When Hurricane Ike came through several years later, I stood outside as it rolled in. I watched it roll in and I thought there is power in there. And God's power is just glimpsed in the hurricane. Just glimpsed in the hurricane. That, that's not the extent of God's power. That's not the extent of, of the force that God can act upon this world. It is just a whisper of what God has at his disposal. Right, but it's power that is almost inconceivable. If you've never walked through those storms, some of you of this area up here, we get tornadoes, right? If you've never walked through the tornado, you don't recognize the power of that storm. But when the storm comes and you walk through it, you, on the other side, you're like, whoa. Nature is powerful, and God says that's just a whisper of what I have at my disposal. The voice of the Lord, as this is described all through from verses 3 to 10, this, this idea of the voice of the Lord is strong and mighty, right? That the idea that, that, that the voice of the Lord is strong and mighty is not just physical nature, though. As Christians, we have... Standing behind our voice, the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord, which is powerful enough to tear trees apart and rend mountains, right? Oh, by the way, if you have a King James Bible, this is uh, meant to preach this passage in King James. I didn't mean to. I intended not to, but I intended to tell you I was going to. See, I've already done that. But um, in the King James Version of the Bible, uh, this is one of my favorite passages because the Bible trivia question, right? That you get the word unicorn in the middle of this passage, right? One of the animals that's mentioned in this thing is a unicorn. Uh, the ESV and future translations kind of translate it wild oxen. That's probably a fair interpretation of what sort of animal that, that David's trying to describe here. But the idea is a mighty animal is being scared by, by, by the storm that blows through. 
But as you read those verses from verse 3 to verse 10, you see a God of ultimate power. And He stands behind us with that same power. And since the day of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and the day of His ascension, when the church began to take the authority of Jesus Christ upon themselves to go and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, when the Holy Spirit fell at the day of Pentecost to empower the work of the church to go and do gospel ministry, the church has been empowered by the voice of God. And the spoken word of God has gone out to billions of people. And God has broken uh, hearts harder than the cedars of Lebanon. He has cracked open people who were harder than the mountains like Kirion, which is Mount Hermon from from biblical days uh, that, 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 that can be destroyed by the voice of the Lord in a storm. God breaks apart the hearts of man who are hard as stone. He's still in the business of doing that because God is powerful. He's not just powerful in nature, he's powerful among men. And so we, as believers in Jesus Christ, need to share that voice of the Lord. We need to be bold to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, that Christ died for sinners and rose again. We need to be bold to point people to something better in the world, and we need to stand with courage and confidence knowing that the same God who empowers um, uh, Billy Graham, or empowered Billy Graham to do gospel work for 50 years, the same God who empowered Gene Alford for 77 years to do gospel work, the same God who has empowered saints for 2,000 years to do gospel work, lives in you desires you to do work for him and when you speak you can speak with the authority and power of God behind you occasionally I have limited authority right God's authority is ultimate occasionally though I will best my limited authority in someone else a proxy as it were to stand on my behalf now it may be dealing with my homeowner association in Houston and someone stands on my behalf and votes Uh, according to my will. A proxy has my authority to act as if they were me. With the authority of Matt Higginbotham behind him, I will give my children my authority for a season to do a thing. If Danielle and I want to go on a hot date, that's the only type of date I go on, by the way. Some of you go on mild and normal dates. I only go on hot dates, okay? But when my wife and I decide to go on a hot date, we go to my son, who is now 17, and we say, hey, Will you be in charge? He's like, yes, I'm willing to do that. That means, uh, you know, he can watch TV and do whatever he wants, I guess. I don't know. Um, And and I said, will you be in charge? Yes, I'll be in charge. And we say, you have authority. Handle things like we would handle. Take care of what you need to take care of. And then the hot date commences because that's that's what, by the way, just not connected to the sermon here. But on dating as uh, parents and as people who have been, I've been married for 19 years getting a nod, so that's correct. I've been married for 19 years. Uh, 19 years marriage is uh, good and bad, right? There's good and there's highs and lows and everything you get in there. We've had kids, lots of kids uh, over the course of those 19 years, and they're still around. We constantly have people in our house, and then we have strangers in our house on top of that. Guys, I want to tell you, if you're married in here today, date your spouse. Find a way to date your spouse, right? Whether you've been married for, for six months or whether you've been married for 60 years, find a way to date yourselves. Find something that y'all can do together. You can get out and you can go do. Right? Find a spot, find a thing, do the thing, have some fun. It matters. Um, Not connected to the sermon. That's for free. Marriage advice from your pastor 19 years down the road. Some of y'all are way further than that. 
um, still date your spouse. I don't care if, 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 if you don't like them. All right, maybe you'll learn to like them again if you go on a date with them. So find time, do something with them. But the voice of God, in fact, see, this is that easy. The voice of God empowers us to do the work of God. And so the thunderstorm is a glimpse of the power of God, a glimpse of the power of God in the world around us. And so we, we, we have that God who stands behind us. And then we jump down to verse 11, the last verse in Psalm 29. And David says, may the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Right? And this mighty God who has ultimate power and authority, his voice empowers ours. Right? That's the prayer of David. May that God who can do all of those things in nature, who can rend mountains and bust trees and uh, cause premature labor due to fear, may that God empower us. May he give strength to us, his people. And that prayer is a prayer that has been answered. If you flip over your Bibles to, to the story of Pentecost and you read about what happened when the Holy Spirit fell upon mankind, the power of God was literally vested in his church. In his church, the power of God was vested here among his saints. So we should not, cannot, must not live impotently can't live weakly without any any power behind our words because the power the same power that can rend the mountains the same power that has brought life to dead people for for 2000 years is at work in you so share those words share those words use them be bold be prayerful and be confident because God desires, right? God, the desire of God is that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. And the way that that is happening is through the right proclamation of his gospel. Right? How can they know if they haven't been told? And how can they be told if no one is sent? You are sent to go and tell. You're sent into the school where you work. You're sent into the business where you work. You're sent into the neighborhood where you live. You're sent into your church where there are lost people sitting in your Sunday school class with you. You are sent to share the gospel. And the power of God will stand behind you. Does that mean every heart will be immediately broken and every, every hard fortress will be torn down and people will come to repentance? No, but it means there's no heart that can't be reached. No one is a lost cause to God because his power can penetrate the avowed atheist who's reasoned out in their mind that there is no God and no, no life after this. That same person, the power of the Holy Spirit, can shatter in a moment and bring them to the realization of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we share it with all, trusting the power of God behind us, right? That's the message of the church is the power of the gospel that Jesus Christ took dead people like Matt Higginbotham living in sin, lost in sin, and he died for them so that he could live again. That's the power of, 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 the, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God at work in the life of the believer. So we share that power. God's voice empowers our speech so use it 
today. Right? The voice of God literally stands behind you, empowering your speech when you're speaking God's words. Use that voice. Stop with the timidity. Stop with the fear. Stop with the, oh, no, what if. Just stop. Just trust that God who we've already ascribed, who we're going to practice ascribing the attributes of his, of his glory and majesty and strength and might and power and love. As we begin to, to, to ascribe those things to God, our hearts will grow in confidence knowing that if God is all of those things, which he is, then he can handle the conversation that you're fearful of having. The conversation you don't want to have with your mother or with your son. The conversation you don't want to have with your brother or your best friend. God can handle that conversation. And there's no lost cause when God is at work in the life of his saints. God empowers the voice of the church. He empowers your voice. Use it today. Use it today. Let me pray.